0: Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Hey, listen, today's conversation is going to be a very good one. It's it's something that I believe we wish everyone was taught. Um, and what I mean by that is, have you ever been in a situation where there are um, have lost someone in your life or you knew a friend or family member or someone close to you that, that, that their family member ended up passing away, but you did not know either the right words to say. You wished the person that was talking to you had the right information and words to say to you that would really help and bring you comfort. In this conversation, we're going to be able to dig this out, and I know that it's going to be helpful for so many people. So do me a favor, before we dive more closely into this conversation, go ahead and share this, get ready, and send it out to everybody you know, because this is a lesson that no one wants to miss. That's why I made sure that I was on. Well, I had to be on. I'm the host. So we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be great. So we're going to jump in right after this. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many many more now with this the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car so I'm able to use record on my cell phone I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer So, for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to Anchor.fm to get started. Now, Anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F M. Welcome to the team. Everyone, and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I am your host, Harm Roche, and on this platform, we highlight ways where men can be able to experience greatness in their everyday lives. And today is another one of those highlights uh, where we're gonna be highlighting something that I believe that anybody really could be able to use and know of, so you can be able to be f- effective. One of the things that, that I know and understand is sometimes in the time of our tragic moments it's we want to hear the right type of words. We want words that will actually help comfort us, actually help give us some form of peace, or feel like that we can be able to actually, you know, be okay for that moment. And sometimes we hear or we can get the wrong words, or sometimes say the wrong words, or be in a situation where you just don't know what to say. And so today in this conversation, I have someone on that is going to be a great help to all of us that has some great wisdom, going to give us some great nuggets, and we want to make sure that we be a part. So before we dive closer into this conversation, I need you to do me a favor. I want to make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. If you're watching this live, if you're listening to this for the very first time, or you've been somebody that's been listening to me, but you have not hit that button yet. If those are any of you, I want you to make sure you subscribe. You can do it on Google Podcasts, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, or any of the other hundreds of hundreds of platforms that's out there where you can be able to make sure that you take advantage of these conversations. These conversations are vitally important for every single portion of our lives. And I don't want you to miss it. You can listen to these while you're driving to work, while you're driving back home, when you're exercising, when you're doing the dishes, when you're washing the car, however you need to have these moments where you're learning and gaining the encouragement while you're building as you're going through your life. This is the platform that you want to be a part of. And then also do me a favor before we dive in, because I need as many people as possible to get these teachings. So share. I need you to share this information with your friends and your friends family members, but then also what I want you to do If you're watching this on Facebook um, or on YouTube, I want you to make sure that you're following. So that means on YouTube, you got to subscribe. I need you to hit the notification bell. If you're watching on uh, Facebook, I need you to make sure that you're following and make sure that you're staying notified and do me one more great favor, hit that thing that looks like this. The two thumbs up, the thumbs up. I need you to like this conversation because this is going to be helpful and effective for your life so without any further ado please do me a favor if you're driving in your car tap the top of your uh, your your steering wheel if you're walking down the street doing your exercise don't be the weird person just tap your fingers together show some love give some hearts for those that are watching this live to i would say someone that is about to bless our hearts miss heidi how are you doing ma'am welcome
1: thank you so much and i really appreciate you having me here today
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I am grateful that you took out some time so that we can be able to have this conversation. Um, so do me a favor for our listening audience, kind of introduce yourself uh, so they can kind of get to know you a little bit, and then we will dive into our conversation.
1: Awesome, thanks so much. My name is Heidi Dunstan. I'm based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I consider myself a grief ed- exp- uh, educator and advocate. And I came into the world of grief really by experience. Um, In my early years, I lost my grandfather and my father. But in the last couple of years, I lost my husband unexpectedly. And in that process of grief um, in 2018, he died December 27, 2018. Um, And in the last couple of years, I really learned that the people around me, many of them didn't know how to grieve and they didn't know how to support me. And so they often said things that missed the mark or they said nothing at all. And that silence was deafening to me. And um, I really realized that, you know, a lot of grievers end up walking that grief grief journey on their own and in isolation. And that's the furthest thing from what they needed. They needed somebody who would love them where they were at, who would hold space and not be judgmental, and who could just see their pain. And unfortunately, with many of us, um, pain isn't comfortable. and so we try to avoid it. And you know, one of the things that I try to do in trying to change the narrative of grief is, let people know that grief is a normal response. It's a healthy response and that it's love. And just like love in everyday life, grief deserves connection and deserves to be acknowledged by the people around us. And so I come to you today with hopes that the people around you can lean in. I, I've created a bit of the lean in to uh, grief movement and really give people those Abilities to be able to lean in and support somebody when they actually feel like they want to run away
0: See and this is why I brought her on um, because This for me, this is a very important conversation uh, Surely in the time in the space that we're in now where you have so many um, people people passing away from so many different scenarios and situations and and we need to be able to have a clear understanding on how to really help the people. How do you comfort the people? And I love the statement that you made is sometimes we don't say nothing and silence is so much of a more uh, detrimental piece than sometimes probably saying the wrong thing. And so um, I want to kind of dive into it because, I really want to be able to have an understanding and I want the audience to also have an understanding on how how do we do this the right way? Like, how do we actually. When you have someone that, you know, a friend or whoever, and they just one of their loved ones passed, how do we approach this conversation? How do we start? What do we need to say so that we can be able to be helpful?
1: Awesome. Yeah. So one of the things you need to remember is that grief is as individual as your fingerprint. So none of us do it the same. So don't move into those spaces with a judgment of they're going to be crying all the time. Because some people, that's not what they do. Some people, they cry a lot. And you're like, oh, my gosh, they're grieving a lot. And so remember that um, when there's deep love, there's often deep grief. But Grief looks different for everybody. And that's oh, the hard part for many of us is that we go in and we look at those conver- we look at those interactions, and go, that's not what I would do or that's not how I did it when my grandma died. And so wow. they must not be grieving, right? And it's like, when we can go in and realize that we all do it so differently, um, that makes a big difference. It releases that judgment and that expectation. And then also, you know, avoids, there's some great things to avoid. Like, I don't say, how are you? Because grief forces us in those early days, weeks and months, grief forces us to live in the moment. Sometimes it's breath by breath. And Mm. so how are you? The answer is supposed to be, I'm good, I'm fine, or I'm okay. And any other answer, many people walk away going, I wish I didn't ask that question. But when you ask something like, how's today?
0: Mm. It changes
1: the context. All of a sudden, somebody who's grieving can go, I haven't slept in three days. I'm lonely. I miss my person. I, you know, I'm hungry. Um, I don't know which way is up. I need help. And it allows Mm -hmm. them the ability to to lean in and and, and be seen because, you know, when, when you say, Hey, I'm good. You you haven't seen me. You haven't seen how I'm feeling. The other thing too, is I Mm -hmm. often, for me personally, I don't say, I'm sorry for your loss because That said, I purse my lips as a griever and I say, thank you. And the connection stops there. And I don't really feel like I've been seen as a griever. So I often say to somebody, that's a significant loss in your life.
0: Mm -hmm. You've gone
1: through a divorce. That's a significant loss in your life. You've lost a job. That's a significant loss in your life. And it sounds kind of forced a little bit, but really you're seeing that person. You're seeing That they've had something significant happen in their life you're acknowledging them and from that i might turn around and say i can see you're hurting i see that you hurt and one of the things we as humans we need that we want to be seen we want to be heard and so when we can say i see you're hurting and i don't know what to say Mm -hmm. you know sometimes saying that is okay because you don't have to say everything right Right. Or I might lean in if somebody's passed away. I might be saying, hey, you know, I remember a story about your person and this is the joy they brought to my life. Or this is the great memory I have so that it, it brings that person back into their sphere. Because a lot of times a griever is like, I miss my person and they're, they're nowhere around. Yeah. Um, right. We can share some of the memories we have of them. It kind of brings them back to life. It shows that legacy piece. Right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Now, that's good. I know. um, I love that one. You you kind of allowed us to be able to understand that there is no one way of grieving, like, you know, like like you said, some people think all because they're crying. They must be. Um, But I know, like, for example, with me, uh, my uncle, one of the things he used to basically teach me is I guess you would say that way is. When we were go to funerals, I remember my grandmother passed, uh, and we were around our family. He was like, "Hey, you couldn't cry; you got to be the, the the strong one for the rest of the." F-. So my expression during you know passing of people that I loved wasn't crying. You know, it was just walking around. I was still strong, but I was so much hurting all inside and grieving all inside. Um, but I also love that you highlighted this piece and and I and I kind of want to make sure that the audience heard this is majority of people that are grieving and I'm gonna hit on something else that you said you didn't say a whole good a whole lot of good stuff in that one phrase um but a lot of people that are grieving just want to want someone to be able to see them and sometimes, I, I mean, I, even with myself, I, I would look at, you know, go through, you know, with different people that have passed away or they've had family members or whatever. And we're asking those questions, how are you doing? And You know, those type of things. And I, and I think it's just because we really don't know what to say. And so we just say the first thought that comes to our mind, um, but we don't see the person. We're more so trying to, we see the situation. Um, but we don't see the individual. And so I think that, that that is great. But then I also loved that you pointed out that there's different areas that we grieve in. So it's not just the passing of a family member. It's I lost my job. I moved to another city. <laughs> you know, like, it's not just, we think of grieving only for the death of a loved one or a friend. Yeah.
1: And, and it could be something as simple as I, my finances have changed. My health has changed. I can't yeah. do the things I used to be able to do, right? Um, you see a lot of middle-aged people do that when they're fighting, getting those reading glasses, right? And they're like, I don't want to wear these silly things. That's a grief in itself. And we see grief in kids all the time. Kids grieve beautifully. You know, that three-year-old that loses their pet rock or that or the balloon floats away. Those tears are grief. And I believe that when we work our grief muscles and we, instead of saying, don't be sad, say, I see that you, you really miss your rock. Mm -hmm. You're working your grief muscle. You're acknowledging them. You're seeing them. You're holding space. And when you can do it in those little moments, you can do it in those big moments. Right. And I believe that, you know, grief happens quite easily, quite easily in those our our teenagers grief. You take their cell phone away or you turn off the Wi-Fi, you're going to see grief. Right and when we can acknowledge hey i see that you're not you're not happy i see that that you're struggling right now yeah, and we can acknowledge people's feelings and we get used to that cuz it's uncomfortable we're fine with joy i always say to people we're good with happiness we're good with joy but things like america's got talent you know when they hit that golden buzzer if you watch those those replays of the different acts that get the golden buzzer none of them celebrate the same right some of them crawl down some of them cry some of them are running around the stage we don't judge them on how they celebrate and yet we still judge people on how they grieve and oh, so when we can see the difference right and we go well if they can celebrate differently why can't they grieve differently it makes such a big difference yeah and so when we work those grief muscles and and realize yeah it's uncomfortable it's only because we've never been taught And we lean in and support those people even with the slightest thing just to be seen makes such a big difference
0: yeah and and again i i'm i'm loving this because it's allowing us to be able to recognize a combination of things one okay we have to retrain our thought process about this context of grief um You know, we also have to we have the ability, surely if we are parents or uncles or godparents or we have the opportunity to then help those that are younger learn how to do this properly. Um, And so I, I do love I also love that you are making it you're showing us everyday things. So like, you know, yes, we all, when it's a celebratory thing, everybody is celebrating. And, you know, again, you have, like you said, different responses on, on those celebratory moments. But again, like you said, but we don't look at grief the same way. You know, we don't look at grief being the same, the same thing. We look at that as it's supposed to be this one simple picture. And this is the only way it look, grief looks like. Um, yeah. But, but, but I'm but again I'm loving it because it's helping it's helping us to understand not only is grief different but because grief is shown in different shades just like your celebrate like your celebration moments that means that you have to deal with it in different ways
1: exactly yeah
0: so I can't just approach it just
1: no blanket way to deal with it and how I dealt with it with one griever today may not work tomorrow And, you know, there's times I mean, we all the hard part with grief is there's also a language around it. And Mm -hmm. everybody's language is different. Some people, Mm -hmm. the word death is not something they're comfortable saying. And they say passed away or they say they're resting now. Um, So it depends Mm -hmm. on the words that they use. It depends on how they approach it. I mean, I had a conversation with somebody I'd I'd heard him passing that his brother had passed and Mm -hmm. and I said, you know, may I ask when you lost your brother? And he's like, I didn't lose him. He died. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Now, at that point, I wasn't doing this work yet. And I kind of went into the turtle in my shell, like going, ah, like I upset you. Right, and I like, I just used the wrong word. And, and so we have to be cognizant. We have to listen, you know, we have to go, what's their word? Where are they at? Um, I often, you know, I listen, especially when somebody's died of an illness. I often will will find out, like, are they comfortable with the fact? Like some people will say, well, at least they're not suffering anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that means the person is suffering. And so I, I, I often don't say that. I don't say, hey, at least they're not suffering anymore. At least they're with God. Because I've even found some of the people with the most strongest faith that losing their person has rocked their faith. Yeah. In that moment, and they may not be ready for that. And so I always listen to what they have to say. A couple other things that I do is I, I rarely ask what the cause of death was. It doesn't matter. They're dead. If I need information, I ask, was it expected? For a couple of reasons. One, if it was expected, it means the person was probably sick. Mm-hmm. If it was unexpected, it was probably a trauma, a traumatic death. Or it could be something with stigma, like... um suicide or mental health or addictions um or it could be something you know like a murder or you know it could be a lot of different things and asking the person could really make them have to relive it over and over and if they're willing to share that with you and lots of them lots of times people will but sometimes you know when they've got to share it over and over and over again it can be extremely hard and so it's like, hey, you know what? I just see you and I know you've lost your person. And it doesn't, to you in that moment, it really doesn't matter. But for many of us, we need to process, like, how did they die? Mm-hmm. Because we need it. But if you really want to lean in and support somebody where they are at, let them tell you on their terms. Yeah. Right. So that they don't have to go into that trauma. Like for me, I had to do CPR on my husband. Wow. So having to tell people you know how he died was i meant i had to relive it a lot right
0: mm, 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 mm. wow um the question i want to ask because we are giving people the help i guess you would say the help that they need understanding one that there are different ways of grieving um so that means that there's different approaches but i also now we're giving them the language that there is a certain language that you have to understand, you know, keywords, key words, you know, like trigger words that we can be able to see on the outside so that we can make sure that we're not uh, making things worse in some sense. Um, so the question I want to ask for, surely for our audience, what are some words that we shouldn't probably say?
1: Uh, at least you still have anything. Mm. If a sentence starts with at least, at least you still have other children. At least you can, you're young and you'll find love again. At least those sentences, if your sentence starts with that, it does not need to be said. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at least he's not suffering anymore. Because that means that person is still suffering. And so I always want people to say, look at the person that's in front of you. Look at the person that is is the griever. Because the person that's passed on, yes you are grieving them if you knew them but acknowledge and see that griever for where they're at and allow them to guide you through that process so you know if you know somebody had gone through a long illness you know it isn't until that griever says to me i'm glad i don't have to watch them in pain anymore is where i can then go yeah i'm really glad that they aren't suffering
0: right and that you
1: don't have to have to experience that anymore But it isn't until they say it to me that I'm comfortable saying it to them because they are suffering right now.
0: Right. Right. Now, have you noticed through just your conversations with different people, um, as well as teaching this information to people? Have you noticed if that one major phrase that you used earlier, how are you doing today? Has that been a door that kind of that you see opens that 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 line of question up?
1: Yeah. You know what I've I've actually taken how are you out of my everyday language. And I ask people now all the time, how's today? How are you, how are you, how are things going today? I get more specific and I get a better answer. Um, and and people are are going, wow, like that makes sense. I had one lady, I was on a a clubhouse call the other day, and she said, people kept asking that when my grandma died, and I never knew why it upset me. And she goes, and now I do, because I wasn't okay. And I felt like I was lying to them every single day. And so it really changes that context and it really kind of does open that door for connection. And when we're grieving, we want connection, you know, grief is love Mm -hmm. and yet our person isn't there. And so we're trying to find a place to find our, find love and find a way to make that all happen. And then, on top of that, when we lose the people around us because they don't know what to say or they've said something weird, like I mean, a couple of weeks after my husband died, a woman came to me and said, "I understand grief. I went through divorce." And I was mm. like, "That's grief. Don't get me wrong. I believe you, but please don't compare it to losing a spouse, right? Yeah, because um, you can still run into your ex-husband at the mall. you can you're still co-parenting, you're still you get to hear their voice. you. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a really different situation. And so I often don't compare um, losses because every loss is so individual and every relationship with that person is so individual. You know, I'm working on a book right now and I've got 10 of my husband's friends contributing to that book. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they were all impacted by him. You know, they all have a grief and a loss with him. Their loss is just as big as mine because they were, he was important to them. And David Kessler says that the biggest loss we have is always our own. It doesn't matter who it is in your life. It's still your loss, right. still your pain. So comparing doesn't give us any value.
0: Yeah, no, again, this is, this is a great conversation. You're giving so many helpful tools Uh, just for our normal everyday life. And so those that are listening, those that are watching, I would use this as a challenge. And what I mean by that is I would challenge you to try to change this narrative of our conversation instead of saying, even now, so you can get in the practice of it, you can get used to it and make it feel comfortable for you. Um, but asking when you talk to someone, communicate, instead of saying, How are you doing, just ask them how is their day? And I think also in the midst of that, actually want to know. Don't just say the words just because it sounds like a good phrase to be able to say, but actually want to know because sometimes surely when we are in a state of grief and someone asks that, we feel like wow, you actually care. And majority of that time, then we would share where we are. We want now to be able to express it. Like you said, now you someone actually sees me. And so because you see me, now I, I get an opportunity to kind of share what I'm going through or share how I'm feeling and you know, tell you that Today just wasn't it wasn't a good day. I, I woke up and and I smelt their scent today. I you know I I woke up and I and I thought about a word that they would say that just brought tears to my eyes, even though it might have been a good thing or a joke that they used to tell. You know, it's so many things that we can that we're stirring up because yeah. the person that's grieving is still trying to remember. They're not just remembering that they this transition has happened or you know I, I move away from my job or you know um, you know the one that I love has now passed away. it's like it's not just those I'm remembering all the great moments that we had and sometimes when we're in this mode of when we ask how was your day today? How are you doing today how was, how was your day today? Then it gives that person now I can communicate. Yep. Now I can share, and so let's let's try to f- put this as a part of our day to day. Just start asking to your children, or asking your, you know, asking some of your friends, or asking some of your coworkers when you communicate with these different people. Just how was your day? Even if the day just started, how how, how was your day? And then we can get into this mold because people are grieving in different forms of ways. Um, But this has an opportunity to be able to help people and open up the door of where you can be able to effectively help the people. And so, um, again, I'm Heidi, I'm thankful that you are doing this. And I can't wait for your book to finish um, so that we can be able to bring you, preferably bring you back on and have more people to know about this. Because, again, this is something that we don't hear a lot about. We don't hear this conversation and it's people that that go through life and they're still going through the same piece and they're wishing that someone would just see me.
1: Yeah. And so I'm going to just encourage if you have lost, if you know somebody around you that you've lost recently, um, look at the obituary and go, when did they die? And mark in your calendar So that when the anniversary comes, you can reach out to those loved ones and say, hey, I'm sending you a hug. Today might be a hard day. And so it doesn't even need to be a recent loss. Many of us, we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we can remember what we ate, what we were wearing, where we were. That memory is like that for anybody who's lost somebody. That day becomes etched in their brain. and, And it's a hard day. And it can be a hard day for many, many years, if not every year. And so just note that day in your calendar and doing something as simple as I'm sending you a hug can show you show them that you see them, that that day didn't go past in your life like they didn't matter.
0: I like that. I really do. I, I mean, this is. This is so helpful um, because, again, I think about my situation, I think about, you know, different people that I know are. Still struggling um, with their with their losses and their griefs, um, and I think about all of those things, and I and I'm like, man, I wish I would have known this earlier. You know, yeah. man, I wish they would have known this earlier. You know, I, I I wish that these type of conversations was happening already, so that these so that people can actually get the type of help that they need. And so, again, I'm I'm so thankful for you taking out time in your busy, busy schedule of helping the world with this type of conversation uh, and taking out that time just to be able to help us. I do want to ask you another question, um, because something like this, as you already stated, something like this comes out of personal experience and in you going even even in you having your own personal experience with this now has created and blossomed into helping other people um be able to get the healing or the help um that they need and so i wanted to ask when you started to actually go down this path of recognizing the languages what recognizing what needs to be said and what doesn't um how did that start to help you
1: you know, I, I made some of the same mistakes. Um, mm. a friend of my husband's passed away about four months after he did, and I walked up to his wife at the funeral and, and said, How are you? And she looked at me and said, You know how I am. You know, yeah. and and I, I've I've floundered myself. There's times where I haven't been able to lean in where it's you know, I, I was afraid and and then I always had to remember back and 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 I'm just like, there are lots of grief counselors out there. There's great coaches. There's lots of people that are willing to support grievers. But I think, you know, when we allow for connection and we allow for people to be able to lean in and we can grieve as a community and see each other, the world's a healthier place. And when we can see that grief is normal and that grief is love, and I will love my husband till, till the day I die. And so I will grieve him till the day I die. And that uh, grief is going to look different, but I don't need somebody to, oh, I didn't mean to upset you or aren't you over it yet? Or, know you know, me. that still bugs you. Those things don't help. And, and, and it really just kind of makes relationships dissolve because people don't feel seen. And, yeah. and, and, and that's, you know, that's a really hard thing. And I, I hate seeing that because it creates those what they're called, I call them grief within griefs. Um, but some people professionally call it secondary griefs. And those losses are pretty significant. I've seen people that have lost their entire community around them because people didn't understand grief and they figured the funeral's over, you should be over it. Wow. And, and so I love it because, you know, part of that is, you know, my husband was an amazing man and he knew that I had a childhood dream to write a book. And so I know that he's helping to fuel to make my dream come true, which I think is an amazing legacy. Yeah. And so some of the work that I do is also on legacy and, and talking about like what legacies do the people that we leave that leave us, do mm-hmm. they leave behind? How do, how do they intertwine in our lives? And then that fuels a conversation oftentimes of um, what legacy do I want? How do I need to live on purpose? Because I learned firsthand that tomorrow is not promised to any of us. When you watch somebody die literally in in under an hour, you know that every breath is a gift. And so I know I need to live a fulfilled life and I need to do it with purpose. And so I want to know what I'm going to leave behind. And and I think this is a beautiful legacy.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love this. I love this. Um, I have one more major question, and this is a question that I ask anybody that comes to the platform. Uh, any per- person that I do an interview. And it's something that I, I have kind of start doing or have been doing because I believe everybody's definition for this is totally different. Um, so the question is, what's greatness to you? What do you define greatness as?
1: I think it's love and gratitude. I think that when we can love each other and be grateful for what we have you're going to see greatness all the time. You know, gr- gratitude got me through a lot of my loss. Those days that were super dark and really hard, I had to remind myself I need to be grateful that I had Mike. And it makes such a big difference and when we can be love when we can love ourselves and love others and be grateful, the world will always be a better place.
0: I don't know. This is that was the probably the sweetest, beautiful answer um, that that I've heard, because that is truth. Um, love and gratitude, being grateful for the ones that you love, being grateful for the words that they have said, the imprint that they have left on our lives, um, being grateful and love. I love that. I Thank really you. love that. Uh, Again, thank you so much, Heidi, for stopping by, saying hi, having a conversation, and helping us to understand how to do this the right way, Um, how to be able to know what to say, how to say it, uh, how to understand and kind of like per se read, I guess you would say, the person that you're trying to communicate with that is dealing with some form of grief and some form of pain. And so Thank you for giving us this insight. Uh, Surely I know for me, I can speak for me. I didn't know none of this before our conversation. So this has really, really helped for me in dealing with, you know, helping people, communicating with people. And so, again, I say to everyone, let this be our challenge. Again, let this be our challenge. And we're going to stop saying, how are you doing? And we're going to ask, how was your day today? I love it.
1: Awesome. It. Lean in, and so we can all grieve with a bit of grace.
0: Yes. So, if you are a person that's on here that is listening, and that you say, you know what, I want to learn how to do this more, and I want to learn some more information about it, want to be able to get some help and some insight, please go to Heidi's website, and you can be able to get some more information, get some helpful tips. Uh, You can be ready when she launches her book and you can be primed and ready and already in position so you can know and hear about it. And I want so all of that information is in the description below and you can be able to get that information. Surely if you are uh, watching this live, you can follow her as well and go and uh, check out her website and get this information. Because again, this is this conversation and these are some tools that we normally do not talk about. We normally do not hear about. But it's something that we go through in life. It's something that we deal with on a day to day basis. We are all walking into someone's life that is dealing with some form of grief. And we need to be able to know how to be able to help them as well as we need to know what we, for our own selves, how do I want, how do I do this and grieve the right way? And so this is why I made sure that I brought Heidi to the platform because I knew she was going to come and give us some great wisdom and some great tips on how to be able to do this. So again, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you, sir. for, uh, For coming on and family, we say thank you all for listening and thank you for watching. Love you all and y'all have a great day. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I pray that this conversation was impactful to you in some form of way. What I want to make sure is that not only are you hearing and learning this information, but that you're taking the time to apply something some nugget, some some piece that you took from this conversation that you can say, I can apply this for my life to be better. I want you to continue to be with me and make sure that you're with me every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you all. And I'll talk to you next time right here in the Focus on Greatness family. Bye-bye.